Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest in and about Emerald Downs. And a lot of Emerald Downs talk today because it's closing week for the 2021 season. Racing this Saturday and Sunday, September 25th and 26th. And Vince Brune, go with the Vince Brune here. Uh, we have a special post time on our final Saturday of 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Saturday, 11 races, 2.30 p.m. Sunday, 11 races, so 22 mm -hmm. races for days 48 and 49 as we conclude the meet. Yeah, okay, we're getting ready for it. Uh, John Lindley's going to join us. John of Parker's Outstanding Northwest Handicapper, and uh, we did get a nice email that uh, a fella and his friends enjoy watching John on Sundays as part of our handicapping presentation, so thank you for that, and John does a super job. Uh, he jumped into a possible pick four. I think it was the first time he ever suggested a pick four ticket, Vince, a couple few weeks ago when he hit it. Um, it was a nice profit, too. I think it paid over $200 for a $12 ticket. Yeah. You know John's good. John's a great handicapper, mm -hmm. yeah, and he's done his homework, and we all know his trip notes are great. In fact, oh. doing the morning line are kind of a must. Just to remind myself, every horse wait a minute, did it have a little trouble? Because people, that's going to affect wagering sometimes. So John is really on top of the, the Emerald Down scene. And uh, and he is good. I agree with that uh, emailer. I have that on on Sunday, and you guys are great together. And John has very informative commentary. Oh, he does. You know, he keeps his own database of stuff. Uh, he has, um, is it every maiden race? Or um, he has the winner of every maiden race, the jockey trainer and the class level. I, so he can he's done that several times he goes well uh, so and so hasn't won a maiden race uh three and up maiden race since you know 2012 mm -hmm. stuff like that and uh so john is going to join us on our final show of the live season we'll be back next week to recap the meeting but thanks for joining us on horse racing northwest uh 
hey, we do have some good news for the 2022 meeting already. That's right. We put out a release uh, this morning that uh, all overnight purses uh, at the beginning of 2022 will have a 10% increase. So that's great news going in, exiting 2021 and going into 2022. Fantastic. Yeah, that is uh, really good news. A purse increase, always great news. So looking forward to that. And of course, I'm looking forward to racing in 2022, but a lot to do this week at Emerald Downs. Um, Let's see, we do have a couple of trainers that are going to be saddling their final horses this weekend. It's a little bit sad, Vince. That's right. And we've had both of them on the show here recently. Uh, Chris Stensley going out in the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic Race 7 on Sunday with Spitting Image. He's got a look in that race. And then uh, Race 10 on Sunday, What a Flirt, will be the final start mm -hmm. for... Uh, the great empire of Larry and Sharon Ross. And I was at the barn yesterday. It was kind of sad watching her taking down oh, and packing boy. all the stuff away because they've been in that same spot since the track opened here in 1996. Yeah. Uh, Sharon just on uh, actually a couple weeks ago with us. And she and Larry came to town and uh, worked for a couple other people and then started training on their own. And boy, what great history from there on through the end of Long Acres. And they had some great runs there. Was Larry second to Ben Harris four straight years? He or? was. Yeah. I think the final four years, 89, 90, mm -hmm. 91, and 92. And uh, a lot of big stakes winners out of that barn over the oh. years, too. It's, uh, yeah, it's the end of an era. And Chris Stensley, Jody Peets, they've been outstanding here, you know, the last decade especially, just coming up with many uh, big stakes horses. And, uh yeah, it's, uh, it'll be missed. Oh, boy. Well, good luck to them for sure. Um, and that's going to be the focus of our 25-year history video presentations uh, during live racing Saturday and Sunday. Chris Stensley on Saturday, Sharon and Larry Ross on Sunday, and, of course, Stryker PhD uh, highly involved in that video as well. The only two-time Long Acres Mile winner in this track's history. Okay, once again, 6 p.m., on Saturday, special half hour earlier post time, this Saturday the 25th and Sunday at 2.30, the regular time for closing day. And we'll have a lot of concession specials on Sunday. So look forward to those as well. We do have a jackpot pick six carryover going into Saturday night, $7,800 in that jackpot pick six. So that'll be races six through 11, the 20 cent jackpot pick six. Um, before we get to a special event that happened on track last week, Vince, uh, two days of racing, 22 events left, and we have some great battles in our owner, trainer, and jockey standings. Uh, that's for sure. And beginning with the jockeys, you can't get any closer than a tie. So, <laughs> excuse me, uh, defending champ Alex Cruz and Julian Couton, both with 73. Juan Gutierrez is still in there with, I think, 68. So he's five back and could make a run. In the uh, trainer standings, you got to think Joe Toy has a pretty good chance. He's got a 29-24 lead over Frank Lucarelli uh, heading into the final two days. And then in the train, or excuse me, the owner standings, John Parker, a couple wins last week. And John has now got a 17-15 lead over Greg and Chuck Conley and Terra Firma Farm. Yeah, that has been a head-and-head -head battle all year, as has pretty much the jockey standings. So John Parker, 17. Uh, Chuck and Greg Conley and the Terra Firma Farm at 15 in the owner's standings. And several big-name horses in this week. 
boy, that jockey battle is fantastic. And, you know, um, David Marble Singer, the agent for Couton Cruz and Gutierrez, uh, he's cashed a couple of checks this week, you might have to say. Boy, or this week, this meeting, I meant. This meeting, yeah, yeah. he's got the top three guys. Yeah. And uh, the hardest thing he said is to keep all three of them happy. <laughs> and they're all good riders, and we'll have a talk about Alex Cruz, something he did last week here in a moment. But yeah. It's, uh, and the, all, all three of those guys are great competitors, too. So you know they want that title badly. Well, speaking of the jockeys, uh, Julian Couton had a four-win day on Saturday to open up a lead. And uh, I think he won before Alex Cruz That's won. That's right. He, and it made it 73-69. Boy. And then Alex Cruz won four races on Sunday after Couton had won a race. And one of his rides, uh, it's not going to be able to be uh, deciphered through the audio of Tom Harris's call. You can actually go to emeralddowns.com. Many of you know this. And look at uh, free race replays. Go to our website, emeralddowns.com. Go to racing and race replays. It was the 4th on Sunday the 19th. And here's the call from Tom Harris. And Alex Cruz has lost his irons on Akasi. Akasi is trailing the field as they run to the far turn just over three-eighths of a mile away. They head for home now. Here comes One Ocean with a big move on the grandstand side. LaFonda at the inside, 200 yards away. One Ocean is right there. Here comes Akasi. Akasi is making a big move. Alex Cruz has no irons, but he's coming on with Akasi in an amazing finish to win it. Alex Cruz completely lost his pedals at the start of the race, but he won it anyway. That was Alex Cruz aboard Akasi, a maiden special weight for two-year-old fillies over a off-track. Alex Cruz knew the filly, three consecutive second-place finishes aboard her for trainer David Martinez, owners uh, Jack and Teresa Hodge of the Oakcrest Farm. He knew the filly, but he didn't know this type of ride he was going to have. Vince, uh, tell us what happened there. Well, it's uh, first of all, Akasi in her first three starts had drawn the one hole. And in all three starts, she had shown early speed, dropped back. She had the on one hole in her first two, and then I think she had the three or something. I thought it was the one in all three, uh, but I could be wrong. Anyhow, she had been inside, yeah, definitely, and, uh, and had uh, dropped back on the turn and then come on late to finish second. So this time, she drew the outside post in a field of seven, and I happened to see Jack Hodge, and I said, well, you finally got a break in the draw, so it should be clear sailing. Boy, was that wrong, because coming out of the gate, she ducked out. Alex Cruz lost his left iron. They're going down the back stretch, and he's trying several times to stick his hand down there and help get his foot back in the iron, and he just couldn't do it. And it's very difficult to do when you got a thoroughbred going 35 miles an hour. So he finally just dropped his other foot out of the right iron. And they're going wide around the turn. And she's last. But also, you know, she's starting to gain a little ground, even though she's going wide. And into the stretch, she straightened down. And at some point, Alex said to himself, you know what? I can win this thing. And the, the two leaders, I forget their names, were... Uh, battling head and head to the wire and uh, gradually she reeled him in and got a three-quarter length victory. Alex Cruz riding the entire race uh, on the, with his uh, rear end on the back of the horse. Uh, incredible feat. 
Yeah, LaFonda was on the inside, Miss Bella, and Miss right. Bella kind of gave way and was joined by One Ocean LaFonda, and and then uh, Akasi down the middle of the track, as you said. The official chart has her some 15 lengths behind yeah. early with no irons, and you mentioned Alex uh, dropped his other foot because... You know, you need the balance. Yeah. Uh, if you got one in the iron and one out, it's uh, and he yeah. has those long legs too. He's got the really ro- long legs, and it went from, boy, how do I get uh, uh, just get through this situation safely, which you know is the first thing you want to see when you have a situation like that, to winning the race, which is just uh, for him to have the wherewithal and the poise, you know, to pull that off speaks really highly of his of his athleticism and horsemanship, yep. and uh, it was really. Excellent, excellent job uh, by Alex Cruz. And, of course, Akasi, she cooperated, too. you got to give the Phillies some credit there. Oh, She's yeah. got talent. And, uh, she loves to finish. I, I saw Jack Hodge. You know, he owned and bred the horse. She's she's out of a stakes winner here, Karula, and she's mm-hmm. shown ability. And uh, he was pretty happy in the winner's circle, and I would have been, too. Boy, yeah, that was uh, some event uh, highlight of this meeting the way things ended out with Akasi winning the race after Alex Cruz losing his irons. And it reminded many of us of uh, a race. It's really rare, but uh, Cowboy Jack Cannell at Long Acres in 1990 did pretty much the same thing. Uh, that was your first year working at, at Long Acres. Yeah, right. And I, I remember that, uh, not vividly, but I do remember the horse having immense problems out of the gate and and his nickname was cowboy jack for a reason yeah he that horse veered and he lost an iron and i can't remember if he had uh, leather uh, go bad or something but he he straddled the horse as well and his horse uh, exclusive chance was the name of the horse for trainer craig roberts two-year-old maiden race maiden special weight race of 1990 and he got into contention fairly early in that race, and that horse kept going too, and he won in a photo finish. So uh, I know many of the horsemen around, which uh, so many are around now that were around then, and they remember that as well. But it was Alex Cruz, and that was a four-win day for Cruz to tie yeah. the jockey standings. And it's funny, on social media, even guys like Umberto Rispoli are commenting like, wow, what a ride. You know, jock- other jockeys appreciate something like that because they, they know what's involved in a oh. hair-raising situation like that to, to win. So great job by Alex, and that's that's one uh, he'll be talking about for years. Oh, you better believe it. Uh, all of us will, and he's got a chance to defend his riding title, as we've said, tied with Kuton going into the last week. So uh, really good stuff there. Alex Cruz on Akasi last Sunday at Emerald Downs, and uh, weather forecast looks pretty good for this weekend, so looking very likely to have fast tracks both Saturday and Sunday for our final days of the 2021 meeting. Um, John Lindley will join us. We'll go over a lot of the divisions and the possible divisional winners here at Emerald Downs. Uh, how about weekly honors? From- okay, yeah. The Wabred of the Week, Slews Tizwiz. Joe, this horse has been a fine development this mm-hmm. year for KD Thoroughbreds and Tom Wenzel. Nice allowance victory on uh, Sunday. Owner of the week, Saratoga West. That's Jeff Metz and company. They had a couple wins. They're going good. Rody Barrett, trainer of the week. She, you know, she won the first in the first race of the week and the last race of the week. Book ended it. Book ended it. Yeah, uh, nice. The jockey, uh, 
obviously you got to give it to Alex Cruz, a four-win day and that amazing victory. Want to mention though, Connie Dahl getting her first win of the season. Congratulations to Connie. She Connie, yeah, and that happy. was on an interesting story. Discreet Demons had been 0 for 23, and Connie had been 0 for 21 at the meet, and they combined to get the victory there. So great job by Connie. Yeah, congratulations. She's been part of every season here at Emerald Downs. And there is, uh, you can go to emeralddowns.com on YouTube. There's a story on Connie and her riding career, which is, which is lengthy as well. So looking forward to closing week and some great events last week also. Well, uh, I think we got most of the early segment stuff in. Um, yeah, let's uh, take a break and we'll come back with John Lindley joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in a state where such activity is legal, void or prohibited. National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. Horse Racing Northwest continues, and in the TV studio here at Emerald Downs, John Lindley joining us. John of Parkers, and that tip sheet available on race days for just two bucks at program stands, customer service centers. That's been a constant since this track opened and back into Long Acres days. And John also does a fantastic job, as Vince referred to earlier on the trip notes, and yeah, those are a must if you're handicapping Emerald Downs. John, uh, great work again this year, and thanks for doing the TV on Sundays. I got a nice compliment via email. I'll, I'll forward that to you from uh, a viewer. Oh, hey, Enjoys. well, thanks for inviting me today, yeah. and it's always a pleasure to be on your show. And um, Vince and I talk a lot also. it's We've got a pretty good um, thing going on here with the trip notes and lots of information that you provide and Vince provides with his rate, um, with his weekly notes and oh all boy. that and all that stuff is useful. At some point or another, I, I will read through it all and there's a comment a trainer made and maybe Vince's notes three months ago might apply because maybe three months ago, the trainer said something like, yeah, I've been waiting to route this horse, but no routes ever filled. And all of a sudden here we are in September. Uh, you know, that's the interesting point because we do, it's great, great to give information and the handicapper can choose to do what he wants with that information, right? We we all have things we prefer or whatever, but certainly trips are vital to anyone's handicapping. Yeah, or and and I think I think in, in conjunction with, as everybody else here knows, Vince does a morning line with the with this uh, uh, speed figures that people use and such. The trips aren't really you know as detailed that you get on the racing forum or in the program, but um, Emerald Downs, of course, provides them that I do them, and um, and a lot of races it's key to know. Well. Yeah, anybody that follows Emerald Downs, and, and I know, Vince, you've seen comments and heard from uh, media people around the country even that uh, follow Emerald Downs, and they say, I've heard that 
best trip notes out there. That's correct, and the, and especially being free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. Uh, and, boy. and very easy to access, too. Mm -hmm. At emeralddowns.com in the racing section. And John joining us. And John, also, you have a website if somebody can't to purchase a paper copy of Parker's. Yeah, a lot of people will get it in advance. It's, it's parkerspicks.com and it costs the same thing either at Emerald Downs or, or online. You've got to print it out, of course, online. But I've been used, selling it online for about 15 years now, just Great. since you know the world changed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to talk about season honors here at Emerald Downs and uh, staff and media voting this week for many different categories, around 14 or 15. Um, top juvenile filly this year, kind of, uh, that one isn't gonna be too hotly contested because there are no fillies in the Gottstein this year, which is fairly rare. Um, Coron has won two stakes and she's undefeated in three. Not too much argument there. Yeah, you know, her first stakes win was pretty impressive. She dueled with the horse that was a big favorite and was able to draw off at the end. The last time, they went a super fast pace. And again, she was able to get the job done at the end. Got a little tired there. The final time wasn't, you know, going to uh, break any track records. But, you know, when you go that fast at six and a half, those fractions usually take a toll. And um, the connections, you know, ought to be commended. She's gotten, well, I think, three wins this year and, yeah. you know, undefeated. And she's got good tactical speed. And hopefully she'll mature a little bit going into her three-year-old year and get a little uh, a little faster here. And we'll see if she can route. Probably not until maybe next June-ish. A daughter of nationhood out of Muchas Coronas, trained by Kate Cooper, owned by the Blue Ribbon Racing Ladies. Uh, pretty much a slam dunk to be top juvenile filly. Uh, any thoughts on her comparison over to some of our other recent ju top juvenile fillies? As I mentioned, I think, you know, from a final figure standpoint, and I know figures okay. aren't infallible. I know a lot of people are going to look at them and go, ah, but in reality, since the 70s, that, you know, the buyer figures and the thoroughgraph figures have kind of stood the test of fine time and they are valuable. I mean, Vince will tell you his morning line is probably a lot predicated oh on the speed figures. And I know, yeah, I know if you bet a horse or if you own a horse or if you train a horse and it wins, you don't really care. You don't care. But, you know, we do and I do especially. And I think from a figure standpoint, she is a little slower than some of the recent yeah. two-year-old champions. Okay. But I, right. I will say this in her defense. She she did started in the latter half of the season. And, you know, the progression of six and a half is kind of key there because that is a kind of a longer distance here for two-year-old fillies. Sure. And she kind of had a right to get tired. So, you know, I'm with you, though. She'll probably need to take a step forward next year. And, and I think we have talked about this. Uh, Andrew Byer wrote an article a year and a half ago about how COVID has really affected the two-year-old yeah. divisions. And a lot of figures throughout the country are slower because of that. It's things are late. You know, things are not as normal year. Okay. Uh, in the top juvenile male, Cobra Jet had a great season. He traded victories at one point. With, well, a view from above, I guess they are one and one against each other. But Cobra Jet now has more earnings, two stakes wins to one over a view from above, three wins and four starts with one second. So in my way of thinking, he has an edge there, fellas. I agree. I, I thought that last one was excellent. And uh, he really improved in my view. And you could see it in the final time. You yeah. know? And, and he did it with, with style. I think the day he lost to a view for above, Cobra Jet broke a step slowly and it didn't change leads. And last time, 
everything went well for him. A view for him above ran great. I mean, he just got outrun by a horse that's quicker. And again, the fa- the pace of that race was super fast. I mean, they went 43 and change, which just smoking for two-year-olds. So, you know, both horses ran are, are pretty talented. But right now, I agree with you, the and, slight and edge to Cobra Jet. Cobra Jet would have needed to supplement into the Gottstein. Okay. And they elected not to. And you can see Frank Flucarelli still has five of the nine starters in the Gottstein Futurity, even without Cobra Amazing. Jet. Amazing. Five starters in the Gottstein. And, you know, looking at the Gottstein field, uh, we're, we're talking heavy on Cobra Jet here for top juvenile male because there are no current stakes winners in this Gottstein. No, and, and for anyone to supplant Cobra Jet atop, the, the, to become champion two-year-old, I think you'd need to see just an amazing performance by one of these uh, two-year-olds in the Gottstein Futurity. And that, that means someone would have to improve a heck of a lot. Yeah, you'd have to see a, a track record and a 20-length win, and maybe that wouldn't be enough because it would be that horse's first stakes win. So uh, how about Cobra Jet stacking up uh, for two-year-olds? Dutton was a sensational last you year. You know, when you look at a horse like Dutton, Cobra Jet actually does stack up with him. His fractions are very similar. The final time may be a little slower, but Cobra Jet would give him a run for his money. And, you know, the other top two-year-old that we talked about a few years back, So Lucky, both Dutton and So Lucky, they, they both fizzled at three-year-olds. But their two-year-old numbers were really, really impressive. Cobra Jet's just maybe a notch below them, but not much. And, I, you know, hopefully going into his three-year-old year, he'll, he'll mature a little bit. You know, he's he's right with them. I think he's... He's a pretty nice horse, and I wouldn't ignore a view from above either. Mm. He's only had a couple starts mm-hmm. too, and you know he he both times was on the inside, and both times had to go to the lead, and you know maybe he can do the Cobra Jet deal the next time and sit right off on the outside, which I think a lot of people will agree is an advantageous position if you're a horse that wants to lead but necessarily has another horse in there. Okay, and Cobra Jet uh, is owned by Roy and Ellie Schaefer of REV Racing, also the Lucarelli Racing Corporation and Eclipse Thoroughbred Partners, as they did make a sale. Uh, I think it was, it was it after his maiden win or after his first stakes win, What whatever. Uh, I think it was after the maiden win okay. and Eclipse Thoroughbreds. Yeah, they're a na- national outfit that has had a tremendous amount of success. So certainly a feather in the cap of uh, Roy Schaefer to have a, another nice horse. By the way, Roy will still be representing the Gossi. I believe he has Boss 9, who's certainly a, a could be a factor coming off a nice maiden score. You know what's interesting about that race is not one horse in that race went to the lead in the first quarter mile in their recent races, which is really is rare right? for yeah. two-year-old races. There's been the horses yes. that had to lead at the half mile, and you know I, I would guess, and we'll talk about this maybe later, but I would think Boss Nine will probably be sent to the lead from his post. He drew the one hole. Yeah, I, I factored <laughs> that, and I think he's he, he's got a big look in that race. Cobra Jet is the leading Washington bred earner at the current meeting, seventy-six thousand. And Papa's Golden Boy at seventy-five thousand. Um, the top earner at the meeting, of course, is uh, top executive. Eighty-two. Top 000. executive, yeah. three for three. I think eighty-two thousand three hundred dollars. We'll he be could talking win the, about uh, him in a bit. Yeah, he could win the top three-year-old male this year. He could. Well, yeah, right. In fact, and <clears throat> excuse me, earlier today, putting together that you know the voting for the season honors, I, I really didn't even list a second candidate yeah. in the top three-year-old. I just didn't. I mean. I don't see how anyone could vote for anybody else. You're, you're out, you you can do a write-in, but that would be ridiculous because he, he ran the table. How's he stack up, John? He doesn't win by much, but uh, he's good and competitive. Yeah, and, you know, we're looking at horses like Riser, Barkley, Sip and Fire, some of the three-year-olds that were very talented. Again, it's similar to Cobra Jet. I have him a little slower on the final time, but mm-hmm. – 
He is super game. He forced yeah, mm-hmm. some super fast fractions in that last route where he where he was able to win. He was wide on a day where the rail was real good. So not you know figures don't tell everything. We mentioned that earlier today. And so I think he's he's definitely is one of the top horses and maybe the last three year olds in the last ten years here. And again, well, it sounds like he's going to be back here next year. And yeah, I read that that Blaine they they Blaine Wright the trainer of course uh, they turned the horse out and with the eye on coming back to Emerald Downs as a four year old. And he will be very formidable because the older division, especially routing, has some question marks going into next year. Sure. Top executive, a son of street boss out of the pure prize mare, Severn Shore, owned by John and Janine Mariansky and the Riverbend stable of Jerry and Gail Schneider. Trainer Blaine Wright. Blaine tied with uh, Kay Cooper for most stakes wins at the meeting with four. Top executive unbeaten in three starts. And then for three-year-old Philly, we've got some excitement this Sunday in the Washington Cup Philly or Mare race. Vince. Well, yeah, whereas the, the male is cut and dried, the Philly is not. No. And it, we should say to be eligible for a season award, you got to run at least twice. And Bayakoa's image uh, coming off a, a big win in the Washington Oaks that she just dominated is, is going to be a pretty heavy favorite uh, in the Washington Cup Philly and Mare. Uh, stakes but um there's a couple other horses in there blazing bella blue has been uh, formidable at the meet uh what three wins a stakes win and ms lynn has mm-hmm. uh, two wins a stakes win in the seattle um either of those jump up and get the money in there they you know you got to give them a long look but certainly Bayako's image coming off a a dominating score in the Washington oaks and is i believe two for two already at a mile of 16th everything kind of points to her on sunday She's going to be a big favorite. How about her win in the Oaks? What'd you think of that? You know, I thought she was the horse to beat there. I didn't know that she would do what she did. Part of part mm-hmm. of the scenario was she was moving from Hastings Park, which, you know, when they run a mile and 16th there, they run three turns. Sometimes you're being three wide. You're really running a lot more um, in terms of ground loss. And last race, she chased at Emerald, she chased kind of a slow pace. It was a pretty slow pace, but, you know, you could just see that she was full of run the whole time around the track. In that race, I will say Blazing Bella Blue did not get a good trip. So mm-hmm. even though Bayakoto's image, you know, one by five, six lanes, Bella's uh, Blue, I think, was eight and a half back. She will probably run a lot better tomorrow. I'm sorry, on Sunday, you know, assuming she gets out of the gate cleanly. And um, we'll see if we've got a couple others in there, too. A horse like Don't Kiss and Tell, an older. Older horse, but, yeah. And she hasn't won in a while. But she is kind of an erratic horse. But when she fires, she runs some big races. And so I don't think it's a walkover for Bayakoya's image. She's definitely the horse to beat. She'll be a, a strong favorite. And I mean, I'm sure I'll be ending up picking her when I do picks, but um, she did kind of have things go her way last time, yeah. and we'll see if maybe a little different scenario, maybe somebody will threaten her. But right now, she uh, was awful impressive when she won the Oaks, and we'll see if she can repeat. You know, I agree that Oaks win. I think I wagered on Curious Sensation, who I thought would get the lead that day, that Lucarelli horse I coming up a nice win. And I knew I was in trouble because Bayakoa's image was kind of breathing down her neck the whole way, and you could see... She was just waiting for uh, Alexander Marty to give her the cue, and she just exploded through the lane. It was a good trip, as you say, John, but it convinced me that she's she's high quality. Yeah, and Vince, have you made the morning line? For yeah, that? she's seven to five. Okay, but as far as my vote, I'm going to have to, of course, wait for that race because right. if Ms. Lynn, Blazing Bella Blue, or Bayakoa's image wins the race, it will be their second stakes win at the meeting. They'll have beaten the other two top contenders, and I got to vote for the winner there for top three-year-old Philly. So uh, that one's open, but Bayakoa's image, uh, 
And that is a Kay Cooper trainee. Kay has a horse in all three stakes this weekend, so she can become the leading stakes trainer this year. And she's four for seven so far. Uh, she's done really well. Yeah, and boy, she finished the season strong. And she's, as you pointed out, Joe, been great with two-year-olds too. I think, how many? Three stakes wins with two-year-olds? Five two-year-old yeah, wins you overall? Yeah, from above and two with Coron. Yeah, so uh, that uh, that is an interesting race on Sunday. Yep. Okay, how about the uh, older filly or mare? Um, we have some different winners. Uh, Daffodil Sweet won a sprint. Uh, I'm a Happy Cat won a sprint. Um, the uh, Distaff on Mile Day went to Princess of Cairo. The uh, Canadian uh, Glenn Todd runner, Sandy Gantrini, who's not going to run here this weekend. She's not a, a BC bred, so. The Washington Cup is restricted to Washington breads and BC breads. That's why Bayacoa's image is in, in case we didn't make that clear. So um, to me, Daffodil Sweet with those four wins, mm -hmm. uh, stakes placing, uh, stakes win. Um, she looks pretty good to me so far of the eligible runners. I, ag I agree, yeah. And... Uh... Princess of Cairo, of course, only running once at the meet is ineligible. So she's two for two at this track, isn't she? She won yeah, the Oaks last she year. She won the Oaks, and she's been tremendous. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, I've got a strong lean here towards Daffodil Sweet, stakes winner. I think two allowance wins and doing really well. Joe, we learned the other day from Jody what that Daffodil Sweet is in the Bay Area with Tim McKenna. Yep. And then uh, talking to Vince Gibson, Papa's Golden Boy is also in the Bay Area. Okay, there's Looking some at news. a sprint down there, people wondering why he's not in the Washington Cup on Sunday. Okay, Papa's Golden Boy in the Bay Area uh, and Daffodil Suite as well. So, John Lindley, how about Daffodil Suite uh, matching up to some of our previous uh, top older fillies and mares? Well, clearly as a sprinter, like for example, Little Less Talk, who was super game and routing and sprinting, I think they're very similar in talent. And that would be the most you know, recent one that I talked to. You know, routing, she's been beat a couple times. Mm -hmm. Maybe she had an excuse. Maybe she didn't. You know, it'd be nice to see if she could get maybe a mile and win a race uh, routing, but um, you know she's got that good tactical speed, which means she's always going to be dangerous. But I think she's formidable. I mean, when you go back to some of the you know previous when Northwest Farms had all these extremely yeah. well-bred horses, it kind of throws off the expectations a little bit. But yeah. definitely in the last few years, she's right on on par with a horse like a little less talk, and who did some pretty good work outside of Emerald too. Yeah, a little less talk was very versatile. Um, Daffodil Sweet, to me, maybe a little flashier than a little less talk. A little less talk was all business on the racetrack, a little dynamo. Beat. Yeah, they're both very good, so I think that's a pretty pretty good comparison yeah. talent-wise. Daffodil Sweet, uh, six for seven sprinting in her career. Tremendous record there. And the only time she lost was when she got left at the gate there when I'm a Happy Cat one. Yeah, and she broke, like you mentioned, really yeah. terrible there. And they didn't really show anything after that, which is kind of interesting to me that she kind of, you, a lot of times they'll make a big move up, and but she just kind of ran around the track, and I just think she found herself, you know, and even though she's experienced, maybe just not experienced being behind horses, that might help her later down the road too. Yeah, she did quickly make amends from mm -hmm. that uh, non-effort in the Hastings as she took that next time out. That's correct. And yeah, so how many? She went three last year and four yeah. this year. So yeah. that's seven wins in two years and, yep. and mm -hmm. kind of shorter meet. So that's that's some quality she there. She made my list for uh, our next segment for okay. seven wins. Anyway, <laughs> and it's kind of an obscure stat, but we'll we'll do that. Because this is a podcast and Cy does not, he's not driving the whip out there on getting done right now. So we're <laughs> going to keep going here. Top older horse, 
Uh, boy, um, Papa's Golden Boy was absolutely breathtakingly sensational, going three for three in sprints early in the meeting. And to, to run two times at the meeting, background is not eligible, our mile winners. So Papa's Golden Boy, who did run quite a good race in the Long Acres Mile, has a leg up in this division from my point of view, Vince. I agree. And the, the only other one I kind of thought, you know, you can maybe make a case for is Spittin' Image, who's in the Washington Cup in the, yep. in the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic. Spittin' Image with three wins at the meet, 40000 in earnings. So to me, though, he'd have to get a victory in that race. And otherwise, I think it's Papa's Golden Boy. Those three tremendous uh, sprint victories, a pretty good effort in the Long Acres Mile, and uh, been a great horse here the last couple of years. And John, uh, Papa's Golden Boy, how's he shaping up as a sprinter? So, I don't... I don't know how to say this. I think he is a great sprinter this year, but there are two other sprinters that never really got a chance to run against him that maybe not when we're been at Aiden's dream mm, yeah. who I actually gave very similar figures to. In fact, I actually mm. gave Windwebben a better number yeah. when he won and Aiden's dream, a better pace figure, if that makes sense well, to I'm anybody. I'm glad you brought up the name Windwebben because yeah, he deserves a mention with yeah, that big I, effort in the mile and he would have faced Papa's golden boy, but he, you know, the, yeah. So he, he got scratched twice. He, I think Papa, yeah, correct. And, and that kind of put him behind and it's why he's only run a couple times. And it may be one of the reasons he got route run at the Lankers mile. He yeah. just, Yes. didn't quite have the foundation that some others had. And I, and I think for me, if you put all three in a race, it would not be a walkover for Papa's Golden Boy. Yeah. I mean, he Aiden's dream when he beat Fantastic Day the other day and when he got beat uh, in a flat mile. Oh, ran how big did he run that day? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so you, there's three sprinters here that any year would be top sprinter. It just had... You know, Poppins Golden Boy won the races that he needed to win, and he deserves to be the horse to beat there. So I think for best older horse, I agree with you. And I think for best sprinter, I agree with you. But I think there is competition to him. And mm -hmm. hopefully next year we will see both Wind Ribbon and Aiden's Dream back here. Um, and, you know, maybe that governor's handicap is going to be one great race if we uh, at six, six and a half. I understand Wind Ribbon is going to run. I think there's a $100,000 race coming up at Fresno. Their meet starts here pretty quick and that he's... I think Kevin Roscoe mentioned that at the sale when a couple of us were talking to him. So that's unofficial, but that's one to look forward to. I look forward to watching him run because he's lightly raced and he is very talented. And boy, just watching that mile again, oh. <laughs> he, like Joe said a couple of times, at the eighth pole, he was gone. I, that I, was a winning move. That was man. a winning he move. He had control of the race. Yeah, it just looked like he was going to open up three, close to four lengths and uh, as well as he was running up to that point, it just seemed like there wasn't enough race left. But uh, as you said, his foundation might have been a little bit less due to those uh, scratches. But uh, real talented horse there, Blaine Wright trainee, wind ribbon. Uh, Papa's golden boy with two stakes wins in the division. Unmatchable is going to be in the uh, Muckleshoot Tribal Classic, but he hasn't won yet this year. He has not won yet this year, and I was trying to make a case for him for something, and uh, he just, you know, he won the race last year, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, he's, he's going to be a factor, it looks like, on, on Sunday in the race. But the problem with Unmatchable, as always, is, is his lack of speed, and he's very talented. He comes running late, but he still has a tendency to kind of wander around the racetrack in the stretch, you know, and that's, it's no, they've experimented with equipment uh, blinkers on blinkers off a couple times um 
But uh, I see, he's a very talented horse, and he's the kind of horse who's kind of teased me the last couple of years, thinking, boy, this is he's really going to be something one of these days. So he, he's still young. He's four. So mm. let's see what he can do on Sunday. Okay. Um, let's see. Where was I going to go? Oh, oh who, who was it that beat Aiden's Dream in that mile race that I, Blanket finished that day? Lo, uh, was it Lolo? Lolo Paniolo. Yes, yeah, yeah, very good. Who's back down in the Bay Area now. Okay. Boy, what a horse that Lolo mm-hmm. Paniolo yeah. has he turned out to be. Two really good races here this year. And is a four-time winner, I believe, now in 2021. Yeah. Okay. Good call, fellas. Um, so, yeah, Papa's Golden Boy has a, a leg up, so to speak, in the top older horse, top sprinter categories. And the field for that Muckleshoot Tribal Classic. We got this, that here. Go ahead. Yeah. Horses that would be eligible to overtake him, but uh, just. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's go from the rail out here. We got Spittin' Image at 7 to 2, Stand 2 at 8 to 1, Sherm at 20 to 1, Unmatchable 9 to 5, Stay Fantastic down from Hastings at 2 to 1, and Coastal Kid, who gave top executive everything he could handle in the Muckleshoot Derby at 4 to 1. Okay. There is the field there for the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic. Um, Top claimer, Vince, uh, who are some of the contenders of which there are still Oh, many? boy, yeah. I got, uh, you know, I put down on the list here for people probably about 15 horses. Some of the ones uh, racing this uh, weekend include Freeburg, In the Wind. Judicial is entered in race three on Saturday. He's going for his fifth win. So I think a win there in that race would probably make him maybe the top contender mike man's goal going for his fourth win of the meet in the 11th race on saturday queen breezy is seven out of eight in the money three wins he runs saturday in race three we got uh some horses uh with four wins mean sharon is four for seven uh float on had uh fourth win of the meet That's last right. week has four wins bella's back is a four-time winner, has run in claiming races, so it is wide, wide open. That is. Okay, so that's a vote, and uh, that'll happen Sunday. That winner will probably be announced later in the card, if not uh, at the very end. Curious who John would favor at this point in that category. Um, (laughs) Well, I think Judicial, if she wins, just she had four gigantic races, and last race, you know, she just didn't really show the same. And, you know, her, her previous sprints were just dominating when she shot out of the gate and just, you know, was in complete control. And we'll see what she does this weekend. But um, we've seen some pretty nice horses run and run some big races here. And Vince mentioned, mentioned many of them. And it would be a tough call if, or at least it will be for me, if Judicial doesn't win because I think it becomes very, very competitive there. And so about, we'll have to wait and see. How about you, Joe? Uh, well, if judicial wins and she's the only one with five, I definitely give it to her. Yeah. I, I start with that. It's not who's the best class-wise or claiming price-wise. It's, you know, raw wins are huge in this because we only have one award. And uh, at, the right. the, uh, at the WTBOA annual banquet, they have uh, Plater of the Year and Most Improved Plater, which gives you a little more leeway. But I'll, I'll lean toward judicial right now. If she gets five, if not, I'm going to have to take a look. And, you know, like you said, Freiburg is going for another win, his fourth. Mike Mann's gold as well. In the wins going for four. Yeah. You know, Queen Breezy, 3-2-2 and eight starts at the meet, has had a terrific meet. One I wanted to single out is a horse called I Know Your Face, who has won three straight all on the front end. I thought that horse was swallowed a couple weeks ago, and that... I know your face would simply not let anyone buy. 
And so that's one three in a row, and it's kind of, you know, at the lower club, lower claiming ranks well, is kind of a fun one to watch. What she went for last time out? 15 at least. 15, yeah. yeah. So it's really, who's Richard, the owner of that Richard one? De, Richard DeGraw. Yeah. yeah. He is so, just in cloud, on cloud. Right? I would be too, because the horse has been a good price, I think. Well, he three. owned her two years ago when she won uh, six or seven races for the year between here and Turf Paradise, and she is just on a heater. Uh, for trainer Mike Bubba Boleyn, that has been a really good late season story. But she's not in this weekend, I don't no. think. No. Okay, and she has three wins. Okay, so uh, horse of the meeting right now, it's uh, still, well, is it up in the air or not because of the horses that are in? I guess it is because Bayakoa's image, if she wins another race by five lengths, she might get some votes. Yeah, I would, I would give a lean towards top executive because you can't do any better than three for three with three stakes wins. That's right. You he know, is but, the favorite right now. But good point, Joe. If Bayakoa's image puts on a show on... Uh, <laughs> On Sunday, there's there's a case to be made there. Yeah, I think I think top executive he has the benefit of winning sprints and routes, which is Correct, a big, yeah. big positive. Um, Bayakoi's image, if she wins again and she wins impressively, maybe you know I could see people choosing her. Um, you know, I got lucky and saw Bayakoi uh, actually when she beat Miss uh, uh, Goodbye Halo way back in. Were you down there, Vince, at that not point? The, not there, yeah. no. She had just beat Miss Grillo, and, and Goodbye Halo, I think it was Whittingham's big, yeah. Yeah. big Was that fil- her name? No, it was a different name. Halo was in the name, because I bet her in the in the uh, personal ensign Breeders' Cup over winning colors, and she was third, beating a half length in that it, it, race. Something Halo. Yeah, I, I want to say goodbye, okay. Halo, but I could be wrong because it was only what thirty some years ago. <laughs> yeah. But I was down. I was down President's Day weekend, and you know, I, I didn't really had never really seen any of these horses. And there's this Bayakoya horse, and I'm like, gosh, she looks like she's gonna, you know, control this race. And they're betting goodbye, Halo, with both hands. And uh, Bayakoya from then was pretty much unbeatable. You know, and this about horse, Joe mentioned the word heater. Bayakoya went on a heater. She was uh, just, and she was uh, Argentine bred, I believe, mm-hmm. and was great on an off track or great on dirt, and was a terror. And then, of course, he had Mac, Ron McInally had Pasiana right after that too. So he really had that South American connection going. But yeah, Bayakoya so, had the mm-hmm. parrot mouth. Remember that? She was kind of famous for mm-hmm. that. And uh, what a horse. And then she was the first horse to win two Breeders' Cup races. I think that's she right. Yeah. staff in uh, 89 and 90. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh-huh. In Florida and New York. Because the Breeders' Cup was, what, seven years old? Yeah, it was then, new or? then. 84 was the first. I think she was the first one to win two. Owned by Janice Witham, was yeah. it? By Ikoa? Yeah. By Yeah. The, the Forsters, Dave and Grant Forster have trained many okay. horses for them as well. And McAnally was their main guy there. I, I don't know what I have the guts to use Bayakoa in a name, but they did it with Bayakoa's image. And, and <laughs> it worked in this case, at least did. at Emerald Downs. And, and even in, in uh, Canadian races, she she's definitely got talent, clearly. But when she got on a, a mile track, uh, a completely different level, and we'll see what she does this weekend. Okay, so the Durkin and Lindy Award are jockey and trainer uh, basically inspirational citizenship type awards. Uh, we do know who has won the Durkin Award. The Durkin Award is going to be shared by Bob Bean and his dog Brownie <laughs> and uh, Bonnie Jenny, who's come back and had another great year here. The Lindy Award was voted on last weekend. The jockeys vote on that and have to check with the clerk That's of fine. scales, yeah. and we will have that here in a, yeah. certainly by Saturday. Those people will be recognized. Bob Bean, first year at Emerald Downs. 
really good second half of the season. Bonnie Jenny has a lot of good young younger horses. She should have a really good year next year, and uh, as you mentioned, good season this year as well. And Bob Bean, boy, yeah, because he started off like oh, over yeah. thirty or something, right. and is he yep. him and Kuton uh, become a pretty good combination. McKenna Anderson will be our leading apprentice rider. She's been, uh, she's over uh, right around 22% since she kind of broke her maiden and uh, has gone on Which with it. Which is amazing yeah. how far that McKenna Anderson has come in a couple months. Yeah, she improved tremendously. Tremendously. For the, the first five, six mounts she had, I was like, this this is going to, she's going to take her a while to get a yeah. win. But all of a sudden, and now she comes up the rail and, you know, and has won a number of races coming I've up the I've noticed inside. that same thing. She comes <laughs> up the rail. And Joe called the first one she did that that kind of opened my eyes on Lolly Express. That She showed a lot of poise there to win a real close race, and she got right up in there. <laughs> she was two for two that day. And won the race, yeah. yeah. So great great job by McKenna Anderson. She really has. Uh, horses are running for her, and she's, uh, as John mentioned so often, you know, even – the inside's been pretty darn good consistently this year, the track, and then even so many closers have won up the inside. Yeah, and we, we've seen that we've seen that throughout the year. I think the track has been relatively fair maybe the last month. I think earlier in the year, at least for me, the inside was really good. And, you know, if you're inside, you can do you can come up the inside. The horses that would be racing wide, you know, they were at, in my opinion, a disadvantage. But I think it's been relatively fair the last month. So, John, uh, he's influenced my handicapping over the years. Uh, you know, um, his default pick is an inside speed horse if he's really struggling in a race. Right, John? For sure. Especially yeah. if we're at a flat mile, which we've talked about many times, um, or mile, you know, short run to the turn. Oh, if yeah. you're inside and you have tactical speed, you're yeah. a contender no matter what your recent form is. And I like that because we've all endured slumps as handicappers. And when I throw my hands up. What am I doing wrong? You know what my go-to is? Who's going to be in front in this race? Yeah. That's the horse I'm betting. Well, you've been a betting speed since yeah, the and, 70s or 80s. And at least you'll get a horse back in contention. And, you know, because if you're really in a slump, yeah. it's like they're not even <laughs> anywhere yeah. to be found. So that kind of gets you back in the game. Just who's going to be leading here? I want to be on that horse. And, you know, some of your better scores, if you really look at them, as far as wagering, uh, a lot of times they are speed horses where they just avoided the trouble and, you know, led all the way. And I got a theory on that. Um, speed horses tend, if they don't win, to just back out of it. And they so they put a lot of bad paper in the form there, 10th, 11th, 12th. But they have that kind of seven starts, three wins, no seconds, no thirds. And you look at when they win, eight to one, 12 to one. To me, because the closers tend to be more consistent, you know, they're kind of because they're running at the end and they'll get a lot of seconds, thirds, fourths. And I, th I think also there's a, a human psychological element that is, if you bet a closer, you're probably in contention the whole race. Yeah, right. Sometimes, yeah. and you know, Joe and I will be sitting uh, on the set during a race and I'll go, the race is over because the horse that I bet is in a speed duel. And even though it's on the lead, I know it's beat. And then when they run, you know, they run seventh or eighth, you're like, well, that, you know, that wasn't any fun. But, um, and, and I think there is a little bit of that. So people in general will, will want to play a horse that maybe comes Very running true. because you feel like, well, I, you know, at least my horse was in it at the end and yep, I ran correct. third or second. Because if betting speed, <laughs> I've had a, how many races at the quarter pole where my horse is fading after showing speed? Well, that's it for this. And uh, it's kind of like you're taking a little mental insurance policy when you when you wager on a closer because you know the best is yet to come during the race. Yeah, and, 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 and for me, and we've talked many times on dirt racing in the United States definitely favors speed horses. And 
Um, it's fun to watch the closer. I mean, we all enjoy sure. watching Zenyatta. Zenyatta was an striker PhD, striker PhD. Those type of horses are fun to watch. They're not fun to bet on <laughs> unless you're Zenyatta. Yeah, right. <laughs> striker for that one year when he won nine in a row, I think. But in terms of watching, but in terms of handicapping and picking and being, you know, speed wins. It wins in every sport. It's not horse racing. It wins in every sport. If you're one-tenth of a you know, second quicker in basketball, football, or anything, mm-hmm. you're going to win. And that's the difference between the very top echelon of all sports. And, right. Um, Speed that's, denotes athleticism, right? I mean, yeah. And it's, it's a big advantage. I mean, we've watched every sport. And um, so it, it's going to continue like that. Now, turf racing is different, and turf racing in Europe is especially different. And it's interesting how that's developed because it always throws me off when I look at it. And they just don't care. They don't. They're not going to the lead. They don't care. And they line up at the eighth and, pole. And, and and they still run well. So I I respect that. And I have to kind of adjust when, especially when Breeders' Cup comes around. But um, it's to me, it's just it's it's a defining factor in, in all sports and especially in thoroughbred okay, racing. Okay, that's mm-hmm. a good analogy there. I hadn't heard it actually phrased quite that way, but it total sense. A um, couple of selections. Vince is gonna refrain because he makes the morning line with all that talk about speed i'm gonna pick a closer in the 11th race on saturday there's so much speed in there uh joe toy has zatter and mike man's gold going a mile uh mike man's gold is five for 13 at a mile and zatter is going to go a mile for the first time but certainly should show some speed and same thing with David Knows Best. He won uh, right up on the lead going a mile. Turnaround is a super sharp horse on mm-hmm. the $5,000 level, and he's won with speed. So I'm going to go with Wilson DeLockett, a horse that I used to own that uh, we didn't really, we thought he was a closing sprinter. Then Doris Harwood claimed him, and he did win uh, a one-mile race on uh, just a pretty uh, average pace there, but he closed and won. And most recently, fourth at a mile behind Pistol Power, Lolly Express. Rate for me, pretty good field there. He's dropping in class. He's got a lot of speed to run at. Eddie Martinez back for Doris Harwood. I'm going to go Wilson to lock it in the 11th. You, you got a, a comp pick on Saturday? You know, it's funny, Joe. That's the race I was going to talk about. Oh, really? And guess who I'm going to pick? Wilson DeLocket. All right. Yeah. Right on. You no- know, when I looked at that race, I picked a lot of favorites for the first maybe seven races. I think Vince made some nine to five, eight to five morning lines, yeah. and they do look really, really like the horses to be. But when I get to the last three, I kind of picked upsets in all of them. When I looked at the last race, as you mentioned, Joe Toy has two in here. One of them is probably going to go to the lead. The mm-hmm. other one's probably going to sit off. And Turnaround, who legitimately is a favorite, is probably going to have some pressure there. And Wilson Tlockett, if you look at who he ran against the last few races, yeah. It's way tougher horses than these. He, he doesn't have a huge figure advantage, but he has been facing some tough horses. And Perfect Comeback, who is the other closer in the race, I think is kind of flattered by an inside post and kind of had had things go his way last time, even though he was uh, second. Um, Wilson Tlockett, on the other hand, just been facing tougher horses. And if we see somebody push turnaround early, either Zatter or Mike Mann's gold or maybe both of them. I, David knows best possibly. I think Wilson DeLockett will be coming down. It'd be a decent price. And I think Joe and I just killed his price. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. Well, it got me wondering about the morning line now because two good <laughs> handicappers like you guys landing on the same horse. Wilson DeLockett also has been hot on the field here in Seattle too the oh, first boy. couple of weeks. We didn't get Lockett in our fantasy this year. No. The last I, two years we've had either he's DK, been money for us. DK yeah. or Lockett. Yeah. And they're, both, they're good. And so is Russell Wilson. We know that. <laughs> Okay, on Sunday, the stakes races, the uh, Muckleshoot Tribal Classic, 
I'm going to go with another closer, Unmatchable. He hasn't won this year, but uh, spit and image can show speed. Stand to is pretty much a sprinter. The only time he went a mile in his life, he was right up there on a really hot pace. And, of course, stay fantastic down from Hastings. He could be the one. Coastal Kid should probably be in this one all the way as well. It's a mile and a 16th, a little more ground for Unmatchable for possible speed to... Uh, be struggling a little bit late, but I, th I have a feeling John's not going to go with unmatchable. I'm not, but okay. that doesn't mean he's not going to win. Of course, um, I I haven't finished my handicapping okay, here fine. because stay fantastic. I still have to do some work on him, but that's I'm going to give us because you're going to sell more Parkers because they're going to yeah. want to know for sure. Okay. <laughs> I had, a, speaking, I had a trouble getting a line on Stay Fantastic. The little research I did on him made me point to him being legit. Yeah, I, I think he, okay. last year's races, if you look oh, at them boy. just in the form, you're like, this horse will be, you know, three to five here. But this year has been a different year. And five-star generals, you know, pretty nice horse too that he was well beaten by. But, you know, Coastal Kid intrigues me a lot. Well, sure, I haven't mm -hmm. made my picks yet, but he, he's found a way to lose a bunch of times. Yeah. We'll see if he can find a way to win. He does get a weight break too, which is kind of significant there. I'm not sure if the rider up from um, that they're bringing in can make 117, but you know when you go a, a, a route, uh, you know five six pounds does you know the law of physics aren't suspended. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> now, I put him second. I certainly respect him. He could. He's not far from being four for four at this track. He blew the Gottstein last year when he saw the light at the finish line, and he. He also uh, lost another race this year. Yeah, where he... Jeff Metz uh, said they had a little miscommunication there when he got beat a nose by Cowboy Cabin. He kind of pulled himself up and uh, still only was beating the nose. Then he legitimate uh, top executive beat him ahead in the Derby. They both ran just huge there. That was so, a great race. Yeah. Well, how much has he made this year? I just forgot. He's I made just... 43009 yep. He is uh, on Washington Bread Earnings. He's uh, like ninth place. Yeah. Yeah. He's a quality horse, Coastal Kid, no, sure. no doubt about it. And then in the uh, um, the Muckleshoot Tribe, the Muck, excuse me, that the was Gottstein. the Gottstein. No, the Washington Cup Fillier Mare at a mile and a 16th. Mm -hmm. um, John mentioned Blazing Bella Blue with a really rough trip in the Washington Oaks, which she had. I, I looked at the trip notes and then watched the video again, and uh, he was right. Uh, she. Just had a rough start, bumped around and uh, crowded in the first turn, wide in the second turn. She made a pretty good mid-race move despite all that. And, you know, was beaten soundly eight lengths. Ms. Lynn photoed her, out-photoed her for third. But uh, second route race, uh, quality horse, better trip. Um, I'm going to take Blazing Bella Blue in a in a slight. Uh, well, it's going to be a big upset over Biacoa's image. So I, I looked at your stuff there. Yeah, I think one thing you mentioned I think is kind of a key is if you use the uh, race notes, it's actually watch the race too because you know I try to be factual, but at the same time you may still come up with a, a, a different opinion on w whether or not it costs a horse. I thought Blazing Bella Blue did not get a good trip, mm. and she really never had a chance. Much. Much like um, the Canadian horse in the in the Lionker's Mile that we just talked about, um, Five Star General. He yeah. ran okay, but things did not go his way at all. And you know, things did go by Akoya's image way. Uh, she might have been one anyway. I'm not saying Bella plays a boo, but it's not hard for 
a horse to improve two or three lengths and another horse to get in two or three lengths trouble, we know that that happens all the time, especially going into a turn or out of the gate. And that definitely would be a, a horse to look at there. And um, she'll be a decent price. And as I mentioned, Don't Kiss and Tell is quite capable of running races that would threaten Bayako's image. And it should be a good a, a good stretch drive there because I don't think Bella Babes of the Blue will get the trouble that she had last time. Don't Kiss and Tell won uh, the Washington Cup three-year-old race yeah and then the back. last two years she's running this race has finished third beaten six okay yeah each time so yeah she can certainly run she and as john mentioned earlier she's coming off a nice effort too don't kiss and tell yeah it, it's deceiving oh, really because it, it she was never going to win the race but you know from a figure standpoint it was one of her best races she's running a long time and you always question well when they come back off their best race off two weeks which is legitimate you know sometimes they don't repeat it but she's capable of running on you know i've bet her many times and watched her just get in a lot of trouble some of it she caused on her own and that's probably why i'm talking about her so much <laughs> like i'm kind of frustrated i want to see her run a big race one day i don't know if she'll do that this weekend but um, we'll see if uh, we can see a turnaround like Joe's selection, Blazing Bellaboo gets a little better trip and um, gives Bayakoyim as a stretch. And there's some others in there we can't ignore too because Ms. Ms. Lynn has run some big races with no pace to run at all. I mean, she ran, she ran into a 24 first quarter and then last time they were going slow too. The last couple of times she just had a, had a pace to help her out. Yeah, I kind of gave up on her going into the Oaks and you were right. You were telling me that, uh, boy, you know, you can throw out that distaff because that, she had no pace at all to run at that race. She ran a big race in the Oaks. So uh, she's a Washington bred that, uh, from Roy Lum's barn that has had a really good season. So I haven't picked the Gottstein yet. Um, I don't know if you have, John. So I, I have actually. Okay. I, 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 I... I didn't take much time for me to pick because as we talked about, there's not a lot of speed in here. And Boss 9 was wide on the first, all the way around the racetrack. He's one of these horses, he got the lead and I think he just kind of, I don't want to say he was playing with the other horses, but he just like, he did enough to win. He's had almost a full month. He draws the rail. He's had some good workouts. I'm guessing, you know, he's sure, surely is bred to route. Yeah. And I'm guessing the connections, we're going to look at the one hole and the rest of the field and go, let's just go to the lead. And if that's the case, which I fully expect them to do, um, I don't know if Vince will make him or Diamond Willow maybe the other main contender. I mean, I don't I know. I did. I made Diamond Willow the favorite and then Boss 9 the second choice. And so. I will probably will pick Boss 9 uh, over Diamond Willow only for the reasons I mentioned. But I think he's he might – we'll see how he does here, but he's – it's always dangerous to take a maiden sprinter going to a route against stakes horses – you know, I think Prime Engine's the only horse as a two-year-old to win one maiden sprint and then mm -hmm. win a route in the stakes. He did it. Yeah, he did, well, it, he did but it spectacularly. No, but nobody else, I think, in the, I don't no, that's remember. that's a good point. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But because there's not a lot of speed in here, I think that kind of negates the lack of experience. So I'm going to go with Boss Nine. Okay, Boss Nine from the one hole, Frank Lucarelli for REV Racing. He's by Golden Sense, who was a two-time Breeders' Cup mile winner out of a Drosselmeyer mare. Drosselmeyer won the Breeders' Cup Classic. So there's, yeah, there's some route blood. And, and we there. mentioned Frank Lucarelli, me and Joe, we talked yesterday. That's got to be a record five starters five in the stakes starters. race. He's got Boss 9, Sergeant Klein, Big Paper Daddy, Hickory Wind, and Danny Zuko on the outside. Five starters. Very it's good. like, didn't D-Wayne Lucas do that in a two-year-old Philly race I once? believe so, yeah, back when he had that <laughs> powerhouse in the 87, yeah. 88, probably 88. 88 yeah. at Churchill, he had four. I'm, I know he ran one, two, three. Yeah. That's when Eugene Klein Open was mind. his big owner, yeah. Was there. She won it, I believe. 
Okay, John, thanks so much for uh, joining us on uh, yeah. Horse Racing Northwest. It's my pleasure. I love hey. coming in and talking about horse racing. John will be uh, on mic on Sunday during the live races. It'll be a long day. Bring a lunch. Closing day <laughs> at Emerald Downs. Thanks, John. We'll be back in a moment. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest continues our final segment here for closing week of live racing at Emerald Down. Once again, first race Saturday at 6 p.m. Yep, that's correct. And Sunday, closing day at 2.30 p.m. We'll be recognizing and honoring uh, award winners and top performances this weekend at the track. And plenty of concession specials on Sunday. So take advantage of that. Thanks so much for to John Lindley for joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. We've got our trivia question coming up and uh, just some kind of tidbits that we like to do once a simulcast or once a podcast. This is a podcast, Joe. Vince, uh, I'll start it off with uh, Claimer of the Meetings up for grabs. And we've had 25 different claimers of the meeting. Nobody's ever repeated which is sort of understandable because a horse gets hot for a year and it's kind of hard to, to win all those races. But I'll have a little follow-up on that after your first item. Okay. Um, race 9 this Saturday, we got an outgoing horse here named Dr. Bruce S., mandatory mm -hmm. retirement. This is his 12-year-old season. So he's running in race 9, and it's also race 9 is the Dr. Bruce S. retirement purse. So that'll be kind of fun to watch the old doctor out there, the gray, one more time doing his thing. Be kind of cool if he won it. I think he's 8-1 to one on the line, but nice run for Dr. Bruce S. Oh, he's yeah. been a quality horse at the lower levels here for uh, for a lot of years with Jorge Navarro. And Is this his... Uh... 80th start or 79th? I think or? it's his 79th. And, you know, every start in his career has been right here at Emerald Downs. Yeah, so he's he's been a fixture. Harborough has the mark of uh, an entire career at Emerald Downs with 80 starts. And Dr. Bruce S. is right in there with him. Yeah. Uh, good luck to Dr. Bruce S. this weekend. You know, speaking of uh, tough to repeat as claimer of the meeting, I just... Uh, Looking at pinup ladies record over the last three years got me to look at some other horses. Pinup lady gets her sprint wins. She's had seven sprint wins over the past three seasons. So she's done well. And that is not something that happens all the time. Um, there's just a few horses that have won seven sprints 2019 to 2021. Crest Drive is one. He's won eight. Uh, Stay in Grace, that outstanding race mare, has won eight. And Pure Pursuit has won eight over the last three seasons at Emerald Downs. So that's uh, kind of hard to do, but those horses have been good. Other horses with seven or eight wins over the last three years include Mike Mann's Gold has won seven, Freiburg seven, Buckley Bay seven, Daffodil D Sweet seven, Judicial seven. 
So uh, a lot of those can add to it this weekend. Several of those you mentioned are in. Yeah, Mike Mance Gold on the list. The eleven-year-olds. Okay. We, um, Hope we don't overwhelm people with statistics yeah. here sometimes in Emerald Downs. We do keep track of a lot of stuff. One of the cool things is the bleeding sire wins. And everyone knows Harbor the Gold has been pretty dominant, our all-time leading uh, sire in wins and stakes wins. And he's had several years just being the leading sire. Well, it's going down to the wire. He's in front. Going into closing weekend, Harbor the Gold with 20 wins as a sire, Abraj 19, Coast Guard 18. So that's another thing in addition to jockey, trainer, owner that we will be keeping tabs on this weekend. Yeah. Harbor the Gold has been, like the last 11 years, I think all but one time, he's been the leading sire of races won at Emerald Downs. So Abraj with the big week last week with three winners. Okay, that's a good race as well. Um the leading stakes rider at Emerald Downs, Kevin Orozco, is five for nine. That is tremendous to be over 50% in stakes races. Uh, he has two mounts. They're both going to be uh, bigger prices this weekend. He's in the Wa uh, Washington Cup Philly and Mayor race at a mile and a 16th, and he's also in the Godstein Futurity. But uh, five for nine for Kevin Orozco. Uh, haven't gone back all the way in track history yet. But uh, Leslie Mowing was 11 for 24, uh, I, 2015, I think it was, when he was riding Stryker PhD to, to a 4 for 4 stakes record that year. So really hard to do. Kevin Orozco, who was also our leading stakes jockey just a couple years ago. Great season for him, Vince. Okay, we mentioned this one uh, a few weeks ago. We'll update it. Okay, in sprints at Emerald Downs, Post positions outside of the seven, that's eight and beyond, are one for 77. Jeez. The eight post position this year in sprints is 0 for 54 at Emerald Downs. Yeah. So that's kind of a quirk. Um, and the same hold true in routing. Anything outside of post seven is just one for 17 in routes. So um, anything outside of post seven overall, just two for 94 at the meet. That is... Uh, very telling is, uh, yeah, the inside part, uh, a lot of closers have come up the rail to win this year, probably more than most years. Alex Cruz seems to be able to get it down the middle of the track. Um, Unmatchable is in the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic, and he is the only three-year-old that has won the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic. But uh, we've got a chance for another this year, I know. Uh, we have at least one three-year-old. Coastal in kids Coastal in there. Coastal kid is the only three-year-old. He could join Unmatchable as a three-year-old to win the uh, Washington Championship or the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic, and that would be in the Emerald Downs era. I know Sissy's Heller was the last one to do it at Long Acres, 1986, with Gary Bates. Vince, just a little follow-up on the one last week. We mentioned the $200,000 Albuquerque Downs handicap. That mm -hmm. was won by Restrained Vengeance by a nose. So. That horse who kind of got his coming out party in the 2019 Long Acres Mile is nearing a million dollars now in career earnings wow. for Val Brinkerhoff. So uh, hope we see him again here at Emerald Downs sometime to restrain vengeance. Yeah, he was uh, considering coming to the mile again this year, but opted for that Charleston Classic, which uh, a real rich purse there. And I believe he ran fourth or fifth in there. Yeah, he was competitive in yeah. there like he always is. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Um, this year at Emerald Downs, we have not had a two-year-old filly 
win an open race. And that has happened 2017 through 2020, four straight years. We had a filly winning against males. It hasn't happened yet this year. And there's no filly in the Gottstein. So looks like, um, in fact, five times last year at Emerald Downs, a filly won an open two-year-old race. So uh, it's just a little bit of an oddity there. Okay, I got one more. This is a follow-up. We announced earlier we're going to have a 10% purse increase in overnights at the start of uh, 2022. Also, although the stake schedule probably won't come out till January, February, the Long Acres Mile up to 150000 for 2022. Good news there, 150. Boy, that's going to make a difference in, in attraction to the mile. Won this year by background, owner Bob you know, and Molly Rondo. For too long, we'll have him begin an update on background here because yeah. he's had that little vacation they talked about. Up at Pegasus. Okay, uh, that is it for me as well. So uh, let's go on to trivia. Last week's question was the leading Washington bread earner for a season, a whole year, calendar year, Washington bread leading owner who was a two-year-old and also raced at Emerald Downs. So you had to be a two-year-old. You had to be the leading Washington bread earner for the season, and you had to have raced at Emerald Downs. There's only one of those. And that Michael Tarlow, he is catching up to Russ Nakagawa on total wins for this year. He had so lucky, 2016, so lucky, uh, won all his races except for the Gottstein. And uh, that was just a super hot pace. Uh, Blazing Bella Blue won that, the Philly. That is correct. Yeah. And speaking of trivia, I wonder how our old friend Warren Wilson is doing. Warren, yeah. Didn't he head to Cincinnati, I think it was. Warren had to move, but uh, he was really good on trivia as well. C.J. Koenig also good on the trivia. They've been the, the, they've won the bulk of the questions this year. Send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com and uh, demand your prize from me because I I have them and I got to get one to Michael and another individual on the list. Okay, this week's question. We've had 25 horses of the meeting at Emerald Downs so far. Has the winner been a Washington bred more than half the time or less than half the time? So you can even guess at this one. Trivia at emeralddowns.com. The leading or the horse of the meeting for an Emerald Downs season. Has it been a Washington bred more than half the time or less than half? And there can't be a tie because there's been 25 of them so far. All right. Uh, that's about it. We are on to closing week here at Emerald Downs. Uh, any final comments, Vince? No, except that we will have, next time we convene, we'll have 26 horses of the meeting at Emerald Downs. That won't be included in the trivia question for this week, but we will talk about that, the official results. You bet. Okay. Thanks for listening to... Horse Racing Northwest.